Welcome, welcome to the Pixels and Perspectives podcast. This week I'm joined by my first recurring guest, it's Mr. Adam Shields. Hi Ads, how are you? I'm doing good, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, just cold, it's so fucking cold. Freezing. <laughs> um, so last night we had the Xbox Developer Direct as a recording this, um, and I thought we'd just get into that a little bit, discuss that, you know, give our thoughts. Like I said last week, I, I, I was like, I've got to have a guest on for this. And who oh, yeah. better than yourself? Any excuse to talk about Indiana Jones. That's that's why I'm here. Oof, yes, we will get to that. So I think we should go in like chronological order. Um, But first of all, how would you like rate the direct out of 10? I would give it a straight up five. Uh, I feel like there were some bright spots but a lot of it was just stuff i don't like yeah i'd say five or six i think maybe my expectations were a little bit too high i get that all the time like with all of them i, I feel like all you think they're going to shadow drop something or you think there's going to be like a big reveal and usually there isn't yeah that was a little bit disappointing that because i think last year was it um hi-fi rush i think they dropped yeah and that turned out to be like like game of the air contender so did you play that i didn't no <laughs> i didn't either <laughs> It just it it's it's one of those where like I, I don't like to the beat sort of rhythm games because I've got no rhythm. Right. I just kind of like keep up with it, and there were, there were some other ones as well that came out last year that I tried like rhythm style games, but they were like action focused. I, I just couldn't get into them. Metal Hellsinger, I think, was one. Did you try that? I that played was like, like thirty seconds of it. Uh, I couldn't do it. Like a, <laughs> a first person shoot that to the beat. Yeah. Like I like my rock band games, as you know, but I never I never just got into that. It wasn't for me, honestly. It's not my style. But a lot of people did like it. And mm. we're kind of expecting maybe another shadow drop, even though they said beforehand that there wasn't going to be one. They always like, say that, though. That's true. They do. But yeah, we didn't get anything. But let's just go right into it. The first game that they showed was Avowed. Now, they revealed this one a good few years ago with this like launch trailer where it was like CGI, but it was it looked like more dark and like fantastical and like a little bit more gritty than what they've actually shown so far yeah how do you feel about avowed like your initial thoughts i think it looks good um it did feel kind of weird that it's like this sort of mystical world and everyone has like an american accent which i thought was really strange yeah the dialogue was weirdly modern yeah it didn't it didn't sort of fit the rest of it but I, f- I feel like originally when they announced it, I feel like they were kind of pushed to do it and they didn't really know what direction it was going to take. And that's why it looked dark. And obviously now it's more sort of fantastical and bright, which I really like. Like the art style, I think looks good. We we're just talking about the artwork that they revealed for it. Like the, I'm assuming it's like the cover art. Yeah. Really nice. Like it just looks cool. It's like it's a skeleton with these like... It's like a tattoo. That's yeah. What it, looks like. uh, cool it's, tattoo. it is really cool. So they have gone a little bit far with the art style, I would say, because they kind of, in the direct, they were saying... We want to contrast this like sandy, like deserted kind of thing with then, oh, you could walk five minutes and you've got, you find like an oasis with enemies in luscious green and stuff like that. So they're kind of like trying to juxtapose the the various different settings, I think, to try and make it more fantasy. Mm-hmm. But as far as the like art style of the game goes, were you expecting it to be as vibrant and dare I say cartoony even though it's not really cartoony but you kind of get what I'm going for there yeah I mean it's kind of like it reminds us a lot of like the Outer Worlds which I think was the the last game that they did did you play that one a little bit I played a couple hours of it 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 didn't really sort of stick with us yeah it didn't grab me Um, I might go back to it when the second one comes out but it kind of reminds us of that just in a fantastical world I think they're kind of they, they, they kind of done the sci-fi and then they thought maybe let's sort of switch it up and do something like that. So this time, rather than guns, you just get a wand. So it's, it's like first person wand 
shooting it, it's weird. Yeah, because there was a section where the person who was playing was dual wielding wands. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's But pretty there's funny. also guns in the game. Yeah, I know. It's weird. It's really weird. But I like it though because it kind of mixes it up. It's like you can be like a wizard or you can be just like a badass with dual wielding guns. I get it. It's a good concept. They like very it. much emphasize like you can change your playstyle on the fly. Like they had a bone arrow, then they had a sword and shield, then guns, then the, the wands. And it's like you can kind of switch it up on the fly, which I thought was cool. Yeah, like that. I don't like being stuck in one sort of thing throughout the entire game. Like you don't have to like just comply with like just being a shooter. Yeah, pick an archetype and then sticking to it. You can kind of change it up. But I do wonder how that's going to affect like the the perk system and all that because obviously it's an RPG and kind of usually in RPGs you specialize in one certain aspect. I don't know how you feel about that. Do you think do you think they're good at making RPGs because obviously you've got Fallout New Vegas which was incredible but yeah. after that it's kind of been a little bit middling. Yeah, I mean you kind of you hope with every developer really that every game they make is just going to build and build and get better and better. So I think they, they kind of nailed it out the gate, which is rare. So it, it's hard to kind of go up from there. I mean, fingers crossed. I mean, obviously we haven't seen much, but I'm hoping that they kind of nailed it. Plus it's going to be on Game Pass. So it's not really like, a, you're not going to have to spend like full price for it. So we'll have to wait and see, I guess. You're going to give it a go. Oh, I'll give Game it a go. Pass. Well, yeah, doubt. definitely. So it's like you, you've got your melee, you've got your magic, you've got your guns. It's very colourful, but I was just like, when I was watching it, I was thinking it looks just a bit odd, and I couldn't quite put my finger on why. Like, it looks a little bit stiff, a little bit lifeless. I think that was kind of the same with the the last games that they made. Obviously, the Fallout games, the older ones look, like when you look at like the people, like there's nothing there, there's just like a blank, <laughs> blank slate. And I think the same with Outer Worlds as well, I think that kind of put us off. It's the same with every sort of, I think, big game like that, even like the... The other Fallout games, like, just all of them kind of had that sort of blank thing. Well, look at Starfield as well. Exactly. That was probably the worst worst looking one, I think. Um, When you look at, like, other games this era, and then look at that, it, it's really off-putting. But I don't know, like, I feel like that's also, like, a, just a part of this brand of game. Like, this style of game. It's like when you see, like, a like a like a Souls like game, it's it's like those all look the same. They've got their own, like, visual identity. Exactly. I don't think that's, like... Do you think it's a detriment to the actual game? Because it, it, at what point do you say, right, we need to start focusing on more like accurate facial animations and actually, I don't know if it's the engine that they use or what, but it's just something about this game looks overly sanitized and just robotic and mm. stiff. Like I personally was looking forward to it. But after seeing this direct, I'm a little bit more like apprehensive, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, no, I get that. And I, I feel like hopefully it's something that will show off a bit more. I, I feel like a lot of it is just because when you do sort of talk to characters in these games, everyone's just standing there statically. There's no like like movement. Like if you could sort of walk and talk to people or you could actually sort of have like proper more capped people in the in it, it would probably be a bit better. Um, But I think people are just standing there and it, like you said, it is very robotic and the, the voice acting doesn't really help because <laughs> it is, like you said, it's just American people just, just talking. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. What I would liken it to is Dying Light 2. Do you remember when we played that? It's very much all the characters, when you talk to them, they just stop and like blankly stare at you and then just vomit words at you constantly. And like you'd have to stop and talk to people every five minutes. And it was just, God, it was just tearing. Yeah, to the point that you actually just skip over what people are saying. So you've got no idea what you're responding to. 
Like, I remember when we did we did Dying Light 2 for a bit, and it is like that, like, we skipped a lot of the cutscenes. So we didn't know what this what the story was. We didn't know, like, what people, what the characters were like. We didn't know if we were following the good people or the bad people. And a lot of the time, you just end up going for whichever one gets you the crossbow, which is what we did in Dying Light yeah, 2. Yeah, that's what we did. So it, it was because... You can only stand there and take so much dialogue for so long before it starts getting really boring and tedious. And I think if we were to stop and listen to what every single character says in every single interaction where it goes, it's in first person, you're just staring at this blank-faced character while they just vomit words on you. It, It's just, it takes too long and it's just not fun. And I think it would add about... 10 hours to the game. Well, that's it. Like, you do feel like half the game is just people vomiting words at you. Obviously, you want to go, you want to do, like, like free roam, you want to fight people, but then you're having to sort of just stop in the middle of all that and just talk. It, it's, I don't know if it's, like, just, like, a weird, like, I've got, like, a terrible attention span. I don't know if it's just that. I don't but... think it's that. I think it's not having, like, dynamic interactions between characters. And I think it's because Starfield did the exact same thing where you just, it's in first person. So I think that kind of affects it a little bit because they could pull the camera back. I think they did that in Fallout 4 and made the, the cutscenes third person. You, you kind of get to see your character interact with the world a little bit. But if the story isn't engaging and like the setting isn't right, it's just, it's like, what? why bother? Why bother paying attention to it? Because it's not good. Mm-hmm. I think a thing that doesn't help with a lot of these set the games as well is they have a very sort of cookie cut up story. Like it's always like, oh, a family member's been kidnapped. We need to go get them. Oh, me, me dad's escaped from a vault. I need to go find them. It's it's literally just the most sort of basic premise. And then you get a lot of the sort of the the big big story stuff from quests, like side quests. So like the main story stuff, I just I, I a lot of time you just don't care about. They have to go off on these sort of these other quests. And now especially looking at like more modern games, I think a lot of the time the quests seem sort of half-arsed. One game which I don't massively like, but everyone loves, is The Witcher 3. Okay. And people always sort of gush about like all the amazing sort of characters that you meet, how dynamic the side quests are. And I feel like a lot of like these types of games, like all the new sort of fallouts, the new uh, like the outer worlds don't really compare to that. And I think it's because they like to overstuff the worlds and that really doesn't help. And a lot of the characters are just blank. Like you said, just blank people talking to you, you just don't care. Yeah, bland, blank, and just not engaging. Exactly. And it's very much a case of quantity over quality, I'd say. And like, again, that's very apparent in Starfield where it's there's so much of it, but it's all surface level, just fetch quest garbage. Mm-hmm. And I think if the like the world sucks you in and it's like really engaging, you can get away with that to a point. But as far as Avowed goes, like, do you see yourself being sucked into this world and being like a big fan of this sort of franchise or not? I hope so. I mean, any game that comes out where you sort of say like maybe five, ten minutes game, I hope I can get into it. Um, it's sort of one of those play it and see, I think, sort of things, because it could just end up like all the other crap that's coming out or it could stand out. Xbox needs a win at this point, though, so fingers exactly. crossed. Fingers crossed. But, yeah, I think cautiously optimistic Yeah, yeah. For I this mean, one. I always am going to these sorts of things. Like, I was with the Outer Worlds. Like, I, I kind of thought, if anything, I'll put in a couple hours, say how I feel. I might go back to it eventually, but if not, it's fine. Did you do that with Starfield, then? Oh, yeah. Like, Starfield, I think I put about maybe four hours into it. But I don't think I was as hyped as, like, a lot of people were. Like, I thought, like, the, the ship crafting looked good. Again, I thought, like, all the people looked bland and that there wasn't really much to that. So I wasn't expecting a whole lot of it. I know you enjoyed it for quite a bit. Yeah, but then it completely like fell off for me. I, I don't know. It's weird. It's hard for a game to keep your attention when there's so much coming out and so much in the backlog. Like 
I'm sure you've got a giant backlog too. It's like, how do you justify spending this amount of time on a mediocre game? Exactly. It, it kind of like, it, it makes you kind of wish you could go back to like when you were a kid and you could only get like a new game every few months. So you didn't have like a backlog. You maybe had like one or two that you're playing at the same time and you could put loads of hours into them and just not worry. You could put hours into a game because you knew you were going to get another one for another few months. Now, it's like four games coming at you over like two months and you've just got to blast through them, but then you've also got games from years ago. It's it's too much. It is too much. Like it's like a content overload, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, is that suffering from success in a way because gaming's become this massive medium? Well, you said a buzzword there, content. That's all everything is now is content. It's, oh, we need content for Game Pass. We need it for PlayStation Plus. We need it for whatever Nintendo has. <laughs> Do they have it? Thing like that, I, I don't, don't know. They've got um, Nintendo Online, which I think is a whole thing where you get like Game Boy games and N64 games and stuff like I that. I think I had that at one point. I, I don't remember. I, I have a Switch, but it just it just gathers dust in the corner. <laughs> That's the thing. There's, there's so much out at the minute. And whether or not Avowed's going to grab us and like suck us into this world is yet to be seen. But um, you know what? The more I talk about it now, the more I'm like... Mm, I'm not really looking forward <laughs> to it, but we'll see. Anyway, we'll move on to the, the next big game that they showed off, which was Hellblade 2 by Ninja Theory. Now, have you played Hellblade 1? No, it, it, it comes down to that attention thing again, where I think I turned it on. I remember she was in a boat. Yeah. And there were voices talking to her. Yep. And I was like, I'm bored. And I turned it off. <laughs> um, Maybe it is an attention span it thing. It is an attention span thing, definitely. I, people say it's good. I know, like, it, it's got, like, really high praise for sort of dealing with mental health, like, really well. Yeah. And I know that they, like, went to, like, the, I think they talked about they went to, like, a professor um, who actually, like, talked them through everything. So it's, like, it's really sort of true to life. But it's just not my thing. It's very slow. Mm-hmm. That's the thing now when there's so many games out there. I was having a discussion with someone the other day about, like, video game intros. And have you played Mass Effect 2? Played Mass Effect 1. Uh, so Mass Effect 2, the way that starts is a big, massive set piece with a little bit of intrigue. And I, I'd i liken this to one of the best video game intros of all time because it's just it immediately has your attention and like you want to find out what the deal is and why these sorts of things are happening. Whilst also like presenting the game and the story in this giant set piece, which completely throws everything from Mass Effect 1 kind of on its head a little bit. I don't want to spoil it because you haven't played it, but I'd definitely recommend you just go and just play this intro because it's so, so good. And I think, like what you said there with Hellblade 1, it's very, very slow. You are, you're right about that. It is very slow. Well, Mass Effect is another one that's on the backlog, so it, it's because they did that new trilogy, I think, the yeah. like remastered one. The Legendary Collection. Yeah, that that's, that's sort of in the backlog for us to play. I have this thing where... If I start a game and I don't think it's terrible after this thing, like, oh, it's all right, but it's not grabbing is, I'll put it to the back of the backlog because I think, like, I can go back to it at any point. Like, I'm not in any rush to play it. If a game's terrible, then I'll just completely just throw it out. Like, I'll just throw it off to the side. But Mass Effect's on there. Hellblade, I'll play it. When the second one's about to come out, I might maybe start it up. Mm-hmm. I'd, I See, I played about four hours of it, I think. I got about halfway through it, and it was good. Um, but it just, yeah, like, again, I, it was kind of samey. And I hope the second one doesn't really, like, suffer from that sort of thing because they did say that they've kind of, like, adjusted the combat and stuff like that. So, I don't know. But, like, visually, this game 
you can't deny it looks absolutely incredible. It looks stunning. It does. Like it, it, the, I was watching the, the gameplay and it has like this sort of, it almost goes like sort of widescreen when you're playing. Reminds us a lot of uh, the Order 1886. Oh, yeah. Where it's just like it's hyper-realistic and you're sort of, a lot of it seems to be like, like I don't know if it's like button mashing or like you get like these sort of extra long cutscenes. It's almost like a film. Very much like, um, like I, I love like Until Dawn, those sorts of things where you kind of get to play through this this movie. It's very cinematic. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, like I, I kind of, when I'm playing games now, I, I focus a lot more on like the gameplay and how it sort of, how it does things like that. But I just, I don't know, just getting through that slow paced stuff. That's what bugs me. Mm-hmm. I think you should give it a go before the second one comes out. Well, I'll, it'll be there. It'll, it'll be in me. I'll, I'll get it downloaded. It's um, they revealed the release date, which is May twenty first, which is very soon. Yeah, and I think I'm. I think I've got time off work around then, so I'll, I might be able to. Maybe I'll play the first one before then. Actually, did you say as well? It's going to be a digital only release. Yeah, they, they're doing that a lot. They did it with um, Alan Wake two was digital only. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, yeah. Um. I assume it's just to obviously offset some cost. Mm-hmm. Save money because people are going to buy it regardless. We're going to come back to this digital thing in a little bit. But um, as for Hellblade 2, I'm looking forward to it. Like The facial animations in particular look incredible. Visually, this looks like it's going to be the next big tentpole in the... Is it the 10th generation that we're on now or the 9th generation? The, the Series X in the PS5 like generation. This feels like it's going to be the next step in fidelity and graphics and facial animations like this is going to be the game that other games will should strive to live up to because uh-huh. like last generation it was last of us part two yeah i, I feel like it needs it because we need that next gen thing also is it called the series x because it's the 10th generation i've just put that together in my head possibly but it might be the ninth generation i don't know maybe i'm making that up but if it is, that's that's a good observation. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Hellblade 2, I'm going to play that one, definitely. Uh, I do want to go back and finish Hellblade 1 at some point, which I will. Um, but yeah, I think the next thing they the showed off was this Square Enix game, Visions of Mana. Now, I think when we were talking last night, you said, oh, time for a toilet break. Yeah, like as soon as Square Enix came up, I was like, nah, I'm not, I'm not having any of this. <laughs> um, <laughs> not your cup of tea? Nah, I mean, I, I came back and I saw it was a, it was a mana game. I know, obviously, the, they've done a few of those. Um, I think this one is, is it Visions? Visions, of yeah. Mana. Um, I knew, I knew like of Secrets of Mana or something. Sounds of Mana, Colors of Mana. There's, yeah. there's a million different versions of these. It's, this it's mana. not my thing. It, it's got that, I know the originals had that sort of, original old sort of final fantasy style where it's like it's almost like 2d sprites yeah it's pixelated i wanted to touch on this a little bit how do you feel about games doing this like moving from these pixelated art styles to like 3d i know because pokemon did it in the from fifth generation to six like do you think that's a good move moving from that sort of art style to 3d i can imagine as like a like a deep fan of it you might not be sort of happy with it but i feel like for sort of letting newer generations play the games a lot of like kids nowadays or obviously teens aren't sort of going to go back to that game and play like 2d sprites like like it's not obviously like a modern sort of style of game so it's good in a way because i think it's letting newer sort of generations play the games but i can imagine as a fan not being that into it some of it gets lost in translation a little bit as well especially with pokemon like so some of the the life and just like 
the art style gets lost, I think, and I'm not a super huge fan of it, but this game looks, like, visually good. <laughs> it looks colourful, it looks fun, it looks kind of like Pokemon a little bit, in a way. I was thinking that it's very Pokemon, almost sort of Breath of the Wild sort of mm-hmm. sort of game. I mostly, like, sort of skipped that one. Like, I think I muted it at one point. Yeah. Um, so on that note, we'll move on to the next <laughs> one. So I think that's coming out in 2024, mm-hmm. summer. Yeah, probably on Game Pass. I don't know. I don't know if that was mentioned. But next, the Oxide Games came on and it was a, a game called Aura, which I think is like a strategy type game thing. Again, I, this isn't my, it's not up my street at all. So I kind of zoned out a little bit. Are you the same there? Yeah, I know. It's not my thing at all, to be fair. I think I've, I've played a couple of the... Um civilization games like years ago and i can never really get into them i think they mentioned civilization as sort of being like a i don't know if they developed it or if they sort of just drew inspiration from it because again it's not my sort of thing but it, i've saw like articles saying it's like the next generation of those style of games so well i mean you never know i, I won't try it but we'll see how sort of people review it when it comes out yeah hopefully it's good for the people that like that sort of thing again it, it's just one of them things isn't it that this is what brought the dev direct down a little bit and i wanted to kind of touch on this it's funny how xbox have kind of went from being like the king of shooters to being like more diverse is it a notable first-person shooter coming out from Xbox at any point in the future. Well, there's one that we'll talk about in a minute. It's not really a shooter. It's, yeah, but it's not a shooter, is it? Um, like, go on. We'll 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 transition into Indiana Jones because it's Machine Games who are famous for the Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein games. Yeah, you you're very much a fan of those sort of games. But again, this is kind of moving away from what they're famous for in a way because, mm-hmm. like, the Wolfenstein games are known for the gunplay and sort of wacky over the top whatever um but the the making an indiana jones game uh-huh. what was your initial reaction to that when it got announced oh i was so excited obviously i, I love wolfenstein and there's one like series of films that i love and it's indiana jones raiders of the lost ark i want a poster in my room one of my favorite films of all time i was hyped like genuinely hyped it's probably the first time in a while since probably i think insomniac announced the first spider-man where i went this is my jam this is going to be like a game that I love. Indiana Jones as well hasn't really had a lot of sort of modern games since I think the original Xbox. And um, there was like a Lego Indiana Jones game, which I, I I didn't play, I don't think. But this is my jam, honestly. And how did you react to the gameplay then? I loved it, except as soon as Indiana Jones talked, I even sent you a message and I said, that is definitely not Harrison Ford. Yeah. Looks like Harrison Ford but does not talk like Harrison Ford. And do you remember what I said in reply to that? You said, that is definitely Troy Baker. Like, you, and as soon as you said that, I couldn't unhear it. And I was like, yep, that's uh, that's Troy Baker. And that got confirmed afterwards. It's Troy Baker. And it's like, come on, use anybody else. Use <laughs> AI at this point. Just Troy Baker would love that if he used AI. He was, all, he was all for that, wasn't he? <laughs> Troy Baker? Why Troy Baker? Do you know what, right? I remember when, I think it was like 2012, 2013, when Last of Us came out, and I think he was also Bioshock Infinite as well. He played Booker. And I remember being like, oh, this guy's going to be like, like huge. He's going to be everywhere. And there he was for like the next 10 years, just in every, every game. It's still going. There's other voice actors. I'm going to be like 100% certain in saying this, that there's probably someone out there that can do an impression of Harrison Ford better than Troy Baker. You and- could type in Harrison Ford impression on YouTube and probably find 
about 20 people. Why not get somebody like that? It just completely took me out of it as soon as I heard that voice. I was like, yeah. that's, that's Troy Baker. There's him and you see uh, Tony Todd is in it as well, who was great in the 10 seconds that he was in Spider-Man 2 as Venom. <laughs> Apparently there was loads of voice lines cut from yeah, I'm not surprised. Venom in Spider-Man 2. Um, but yeah, Indiana Jones is here. It's first person, first of all. What What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I was kind of... Because you think, like, you pay for, like, the likeness. I'm assuming you pay for the likeness of, like, Harrison Ford. So I figured you'd want to use it and make a third person. But what, what they've done is they've made a first person. And when you do, like, an action, like, you climb up a rope or you use, like, his whip to swing across, like, a, like a thing. It's like it goes third person when you do that. And... I don't know, like, I I was kind of looking and I kind of love it. Like, it's got, like, the same sort of art style as Wolfenstein, where it's not 100% realistic. There's sort of, like, a cartoony sort of look to the characters. But then you look at the environments, and the environments look amazing. I'm hyped, honestly. Like, it's it's my kind of game. And it, it seems to be focusing more on puzzles using Indy's whip and less on shooting which I kind of thought it would sort of turn into like a bloodbath with like Indy like shooting a bunch of Nazis, but it seems <laughs> to be sort of more sort of, I don't know, like movement focused. Like like there's a lot of beating dudes up and... Yeah, yeah. So there, there was an emphasis on stealth throughout the whole thing. There were like, oh, you can kind of like choose how you approach these situations. You can stealth it if you want to, or you can go in with your fists, with your whip. Or you can just like bypass it all together with like the environment traversal. And I think that's good in giving you the choice. Cause again, I didn't know what I expected in terms of like gunplay with it coming from machine games. But I think it's nice to have that choice. And cause as you know, Indy isn't the character to just go <laughs> going guns blazing. But yeah, I think the reason that they probably made it first person is to avoid comparisons with Uncharted. In Tomb Raider. I never thought of that, actually. <laughs> I never thought of that. Because it's kind of like, people always say, oh, Tomb Raider stole off Indiana Jones and just turned, obviously, Indian into a woman. Then you get the whole, oh, Uncharted stole off Tomb Raider and has turned it back into a man. But then you would also then get, obviously, the, the comparisons to, oh, Indy then just stole off them. So I think, yeah, it's a good shout. I think making it a first-person game. And it's it's at this point, it's machine game sort of bread and butter. They know what they're doing with first person. I feel like they'd have to, like, change, like, the whole sort of style of what they do if they went to third so yeah i mean all in all i'm absolutely buzzing with it like it looks incredible yeah i think when i initially saw it my first thought was like this would be great in vr and maybe that's just because i've got the vr bug currently you've been really getting a vr you've you, you, like, like sideloaded it and all sorts imagine like doing this big adventure romp as indie in vr i think that would be sick i'm surprised that's not a thing already if i'm honest it might be you never know it might be so I think the the title that was revealed, the, the Great Circle. Great Circle, the most boring title I think I've ever heard. Yeah, that I, I mentioned that on last week's episode because it got leaked. Uh-huh. And yeah, the Great Circle. Okay. Uh, and I know it was all sort of Todd Howard's idea, like the, the MacGuffin and sort of when it's set. I like when it's set. I think it said it was between, I think it's between one and three. Yeah, between Raiders and Last Crusade. I believe yeah, said. I think that's what they said. So I'm kind of glad because I feel like if you said it any time after that, you're kind of then approaching like, oh, what we're going to do with like an old indie that I don't, I don't Just like. get Harrison Ford back to voice and him oh. just being there in the booth, like not giving a shit. Incredible. <laughs> so I think the, uh, the, there was a lot of emphasis on like, it's going to be like highly puzzle based, but also 
it's not going to be in your face so much as to if you want to go out and like solve these puzzles you can and there's different things hidden within the environment and i think that's good for people who don't necessarily gel with that sort of gameplay as much like the puzzle based stuff is going to be there but again it's We'll have to wait and see what the actual gameplay is like. There, there was a lot of emphasis on using the whip, which I thought was cool. I can't wait to just whip the crap out of people. That's going to be fun. And the, again, they didn't announce a release date, but they did say 2024. Yeah, and I was a bit sad, actually, that they didn't. I was kind of hoping for, for May, because my birthday's in May, so I was like, maybe, maybe they'll gift me this one thing. I would assume it's going to be end of the year. I think they said late this year. I'm, I'm fairly sure somebody said late this year at some point. I mean, I'm I'm okay with that. I'll I'll happily wait. Um, I think I've waited this long for an Indiana Jones game. I can handle another year. Do you think it's going to be good? Is the main question. God, I hope so. <laughs> Fair enough. So yeah, I think that was the the developer direct. It was very much the Indiana Jones show. It was for me. Like I'd literally, I when it comes to like obviously Avowed looks good, but compared to Indiana Jones, I could not give a crap. Indiana Jones is where it's at. It's funny how it's still all like Bethesda, like you have yeah. Todd Howard there saying how much he loves Indiana Jones. It's like I didn't expect him to pop up actually. Eh. I think did he say that he um he pitched the idea initially to Disney? He pitched it, yeah. He sort of came, he came to them. He said where he wanted it to be set. He said obviously he gave them like the idea of like the MacGuffin and what they want to do, and they were all for it. Which I get because you want like obviously Indy to sort of live on in another format other than film because you kind of just keep dragging Harrison Ford back. God, he's so done. He's so done with it. What do you think about um, Xbox now having, I'd say, three big exclusives this year? I think that's a good thing. Whereas what's coming out on PlayStation? Because apart from Foam Stars. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I don't know. Like, I feel like we've kind of been bombarded with like a lot of games recently. So three doesn't sound like much. Because I think it was when they were like introducing Game Pass that kind of threw a lot at people. Because it was like, oh, day one releases and they just threw a bunch of stuff. Yeah, but people keep saying Xbox don't have exclusives. Xbox don't have exclusives. Exactly. I, I literally, right now, off the top of my head, I couldn't name one PlayStation exclusive that's, that's coming out. coming out. Well, Foam Stars. <laughs> I'm obsessed with Foam Stars. <laughs> I found out the other day that that's coming out on February 6th, I believe. All right. Is it going to be free to play? I hope so. It looks like that sort of game. Yeah, I do wonder. Um, they've got that, the the marathon from Is, Bungie, but yeah, I don't know if that's Bungie. this year. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked there. But yeah, Xbox finally have exclusives, and hopefully now people can shut up about it. Um, <laughs> you know me, I hate I hate the whole exclusives crap. Like, <sighs> I hate it too, but I feel like we are sort of quite... Well, we're not the best people to speak about it, I think, because we have the consoles. Like, yeah, we have both we, consoles. We can, we can obviously say that, but obviously some people are sort of stuck to a particular console. Um, and maybe they don't have enough money to get another one, so it's kind of like, uh, it's one of those touchy subjects, I think. Yeah. So, pivoting away from the developer direct, I've got this um, quote written down from Ubisoft this week, where I believe he said, <laughs> I can't remember the name of the guy, but he was like, oh, well, you're going to have to get used to not owning your games, because everything's going to be, like, subscription-based and all that sort of thing. What's your take on that? I feel like that guy is very ignorant when he says that. <laughs> ignorant! <laughs> like, you, you you say something like that and you just know there's going to be backlash. Like, he knew before he said that, that people were going to go mental. It's, it's like, are you daft? Are you da- Why would you say that? Exactly. Like, it, you, you are, I get, like, the whole 
subscription-based services, we've kind of got ourselves into this mess. Everyone sort of stuck to Game Pass and they've made it a big success. I love Game Pass, me though. That's the thing. Like, I love it, but... It kind of, it opens you up to play games that you wouldn't normally play, which is great, but you don't own those games. And we, we, particularly over the last few years, we game share. So even like games that we don't play on Game Pass, we digitally buy. Obviously, we can can go half us on a game or whatever. And it does kind of suck to think when Xbox does eventually shut the store which they probably would do at some point in like 20 years time when they've got like a new store that opens. And then we're not going to sort of have access to a lot of the games that we've bought. Hope that doesn't happen. Funnily enough, you bring that up, they are shutting down the Xbox 360 storefront. There you go. Um, But I believe you can still access all of your digital purchases through like that sort of library thing on the 360. Um, so it is very much a real possibility. But I wanted to use this quote as a like a jumping off point for this whole physical versus digital debate, which has been going on for so long now. I wanted to see where you kind of stand on the fence because I know you're very much a physical collector, but as you say, we buy a lot of our games digitally, a lot of our modern games digitally anyway. Yeah. I mean, it, it's good, I think, for obviously what we do, which is game share. It's good in the sense that it, it's just easy. You don't have to sort of look at your collection and go, oh, what am I going to play? You can sort of just look straight on your console. So there's definitely like an ease of use there. But there's just something about having a physical case with a physical disc that you can put into sort of a, an actual disc drive. There's just something about like the tangibility of it. You know, you, you know it's there. You know it's not going to get taken away from you. I mean, you could get robbed. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? There isn't going to be like a like a like a closure of a store in twenty years where you're going to lose that game. I know, like obviously in twenty years, you're probably not going to mind that you bought a game for like fifty quid back in the day. But it's just the idea. Like like right now, I I literally went back and I, I've now got a three sixty and a PS three, so I can play those original games because a lot of them you can't get on backwards compatibility anymore, and the stores like are are just nothing. As far as, like, game preservation goes, I can 100% see the appeal. Well, you know, I've been collecting 360 games. I've been building up a collection. I've got over 130 games now. It's nice to have that physical thing. But in terms of modern gaming, like, if you look over here, I'm literally pointing at my PS5. It's a digital-only PS5. I don't own any physical PS5 games. I did have The Last of Us remake, like, physically on PS4, but we also now own it digitally because it was on PS Plus. So I got rid of that. And yeah, like the PS5's there, it's digital and I don't really need anything else in terms of physical media for that specific console. Like I do have a Series X and I think if they were to release a Series X without the disc drive, it wouldn't like appeal to me because again, I've got that huge Xbox 360 collection and a lot of it is backwards compatible. But again, like I said, we buy all of our new games digitally. We use Game Pass so much. It's like, as far as in future, could you see them taking away the disk drives like permanently and not making physical games anymore? Well, the the thing with that is obviously, you, like you said, you have the digital PS5. I got the, the disc one mostly because I collect like a lot of 4K Blu-rays and I knew that the PS5 had like a really silent disk drive. So I was like, oh, great, like a 4K player. That's not going to make like a ton of noise. Great. But in terms of like games, I don't own any physical PS5 games at all. That's funny, that. Yeah, I know. Like, I, I, I probably should invest in some. 
but I like the idea that like if I get a game and I like it, I can just go, oh, Dan, I like this game. You should give it a go. That's the thing. I think you bought Assassin's Creed Mirage digitally. And you know, I've never really been into the Assassin's Creed games, but I kind of wanted to give that a go. And since you bought it and paid for it with GameShare, like I wasn't interested. You got it because you were... It's just there on my console. And the other day I was just scrolling through and I saw it and I was like, you know what? I'm going to download this. But like, I think, which Assassin's Creed was it that you bought physically? Uh, I bought Valhalla physically because it came out, I think, day one with uh, with the Xbox. And I didn't even get delivered on the day. So, <laughs> <laughs> that, Well, that's another issue, isn't it? So yeah, I think you bought, because you really loved Odyssey. So you bought Valhalla and... It's like, was was it worth buying that physically? Because I guess you could trade it in. Yeah, I mean, there's the option to trade it in. And I mean, I kind of got it obviously knowing that I loved the last one, but Valhalla was crap um, and I didn't enjoy it. Did you trade it in then? No, it's still sitting there. <laughs> you missed you, you missed out on striking well that iron was hot there. But yeah, again, when you buy something digitally, you're guaranteed to get it at midnight when that game releases. But with physical... Again, you're relying on like Royal Mail or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. Like, I think I'd ordered, I'd ordered Assassin's Creed Valhalla and a blue controller to come. It was meant to come on the same day as the Xbox got delivered, and they didn't. They came the next day. It obviously wasn't a huge blow because I could just, I could just sign in straight my Xbox and continue using me, um, me Game Pass to play games. But I wanted Assassin's Creed Valhalla to be the first game that I played on my Xbox. Like, I wanted it to be like this big thing, and it wasn't. Kind of disappointing on day one, to be honest, because a lot of it's just sort of sitting there mm-hmm. waiting for games to download. So you, you you open up this brand new console, you're like, yes, amazing. Then you just sort of sit with it for like five hours while games download, and it's kind of like... <laughs> well, what's next? Yeah. And again, like you just mentioned there, you have to download the games. With digital, you can pre-download and have it ready. But with physical, like along with waiting for the postman to bring it to you, you have to put the disc in, and you again, you have to download it there. So you're not even getting to play it straight away from the disc. Like, it's a bit dodgy that now, how now you have to insert the game, but also download the file as well. I remember when that became like a big thing, because I think it was 360, and I remember this, you could buy a game, you could then do that where you sort of like installed it, mm-hmm. but it wasn't, you didn't have to, but you could. And I remember doing it with Arkham Asylum. I think it was meant to make the game load quicker yeah. or something, and I didn't notice any difference. I remember when it was sort of becoming the norm. So you can install a game on 360. I tend to do this with games that look a little bit dodgy, like they've got scratches on and stuff, because I'm a bit like, I'm going to make sure it works by installing it. So you can install the game, but then to play that game, you still need the disc to be inserted into the console, which is a bit weird, because it's kind of like if you were to inst- like download the game from the disc, then sell it, sell that game, yeah. you could kind of still play that like games so i kind of get i see why you'd still need the disc but again it is it is a little bit silly but alas i don't know so where where do you like fall on the side of digital versus physical like which side are you leaning more towards i'm always sort of for physical just in the long term i think the the sort of pros outweigh the cons really with digital it's great being able to sort of game share and having that library sort of at your fingertips but if i can just literally pick up a game and play it then i'm all for it especially like i i, I love like having a dish drive for like 4k blu-rays and stuff as well so I'm, I'm physical all the way yeah and i think one one of the main things is retro games because now you can get so many different emulation devices 
it's so, so, so convenient to have it all in one place on one machine, say a Steam Deck, for example. But there's nothing like getting a Game Boy or a Nintendo DS, inserting the cartridge and playing it how it was intended. I think that's a big thing with a lot of these like game collectors, playing these games as they did in their childhoods. Yeah, like it's, it's even just like, like you said, just the packaging. Like you, I know recently you just got just the packaging of an old Pokemon game just so you could have the, the actual, just the box, just the feeling of holding it. and Yeah, it's it's Pokemon Leaf Green. It's more for like display purposes, but like it's so, so expensive. It was like 150 quid for the box and game and all that. But it's like, yeah, having a physical display, like being able to look at a shelf and maybe have it in alphabetical order. I don't know. Just go through and see what you've got and what you've collected. It's, it's very like satisfying. I think that that's kind of the mentality we've got. Now, I'm very much like on the side of I really like the convenience of having all of our games in the digital storefront there on the Xbox. Like you can just go and scroll down if you want to play that. You can just download it. I don't have to get up. I don't have to insert a disk drive. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's just laziness. You lazy bitch. <laughs> true. That's true. But uh, see, I'm kind of leaning more towards digital because of just the convenience of it. I, I get that. And I mean, I I love me physical collecting. Like me and you, we go to CEX all the time. We get sort of old, old games. And I have like a weird thing where like, I, I like having them in like mint condition. I like having a manual. And I, I remember when manual started to go digital, literally just the manual. It was all sort of built into the disc. And I was like, that is absolutely dreadful. It's to save the trees though. Save paper. I'd rather get game manuals. <laughs> <laughs> Screw the trees. Actually, here's one for you. I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball at you right now. So when I bought Spider-Man 2, the like special edition thing that came with a statue. So it came in this giant box. It actually got delivered a day early by Royal Mail. Shout out to Royal Mail for that one. So I did get it played early, but also it came in this giant box. I got the statue out and it come with a steel book. Now inside the steel book, I would open it up and wait a second. There's no disc there. Hold on, where's my game? Then there's a little little bit of paper inside the, the steelbook and it's a code with the game on. How do you feel about that? Not actually getting discs in your Dreadful. physical... What's the point of a steelbook if you don't have the disc? That's why I got no rid of it. Sense. I got rid of it because I was like, one, I have a digital PS5. Obviously, I knew that that, that was going to happen because I've got a digital PS5 and I, like, I knew it was going to thingy, but it's more the concept of buying a case and having a code in the case rather than a disc. Yeah, it's it's like, do you, do you remember that feeling of like going over like a friend's house and you saw like the shelf and it was like that one game that you wanted to play and you were like, oh, can I borrow that? Imagine having someone come over going, oh, Spider-Man 2, do you mind if I borrow that? Oh no, sorry, I, I don't actually own it. It's it's digital. <laughs> I it's just, just a steel book. It's <laughs> just an empty steel book to sit on your shelf and just be empty, which is funny because that Pokemon box up there is empty, but... <sighs> I don't know. Are we overthinking this? Oh, I'm not. I hate it. I, I hate it. Yeah. So I think the the biggest thing is choice, having the option. And I think that needs to remain to be viable. Like, so both sides are happy. Do you agree with that? Yeah. I, I've got a feeling though, eventually, like like you said, obviously, like we've got like, well, like Alan Wake 2 and now Senua going digital. I, I've got a feeling 10 years from now, the next generation, it's going to be all digital. I can just see do you it think because they kind of were going to do that with the Xbox One era, and there was a hell of a lot of backlash to it. The whole DRM locking your games to the console thing, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that pans out. I do quickly want to talk about gaming special editions. Like that's one of my topics because 
I, I know I just mentioned the um, Spider-Man 2 one there. Like, how do you feel about these big, huge, 200-plus-pound versions of these games that come with collectibles, with statues, and all that? I think they've went a bit downhill. I think Spider-Man 2 is probably the exception, apart from the whole not getting a disc thing. Like, the statue, incredible. Like, I can see it right now. It looks great. Um, It's right next to your, your Resident Evil 4. Yes. They look amazing. There's a funny story behind that, but go on. Okay. Like, it, they do look great, but I remember I got the, the Spider-Man, the first one, with the statue, which I eventually just ended up giving to you because there was a horrible patent defect on it. Where it's literally on Spider-Man's mask. It's messed up and it doesn't look right. Bug the hell out of us. Yeah, so the thing is, I was looking up online and apparently this was a very common issue. The The web lines don't match up on his mask and also his eye is slightly off, like centred. Yeah, but you, you would think you're spending that much on it, there should be like a level of quality control. Yeah, there's also that, but it's mass-produced plastic trash in most cases because that's their way of like, you as a fan getting excited for something and them as developers or whatever, whoever makes these statues are basically pumping out these big hunks of plastic junk that essentially are just there to make their money. Yeah, I mean, did you remember, I think it was World at War, Call of Duty. Do you remember the special edition of that? You got a flask. Oh, yeah. Flask? Uh-huh, uh-huh. It wasn't even a flask. You can't even open you it. You couldn't open it? What's the point? What Other is the point? Just spending extra money for what is essentially... A paperweight. I can remember Modern Warfare 2, I believe, came with night vision goggles. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I remember there was that, and there was one where you got like a... Was it like a race car? The or RCXD like a, the RC, drone yeah. car thing. Yeah, you, you got that. So Call of Duty kind of was always a little bit innovative. Innovative? Is that the right word? With their um, special editions. But I'm talking more like... These statues that seem to come Big, with yeah. all the games now and the prices of them. I think the last one I got was Gears of War 3, the Epic Edition, which I think was just over £100. You got the statue of Marcus. This was back in the day. It was I think it's made by Triforce, a very like well-established collectible company. So you knew the statue was going to be good quality, which it is. But now, when I went to buy Spider-Man, obviously it was £220. Resident Evil 4, £250 for the statue. They're a lot of money now. Well, that's the thing, like you said, at least with the, the Gears 1, it was like a well-known, respectable company. And I feel like maybe more developers should do that. They actually have like genuinely well-made. And I think the price is obscene. Like it, it shouldn't be even half that a lot of the time, especially when all you're getting with it is the statue and then a seal bit with nothing in it. And then a few like paper bits, pretty much. Just yeah, junk filler. That's the thing. They, 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 a lot of them, you do get the mint statue, which is great. But then you get like a lot of other random crap, like art cards and stuff, which are just going to be tucked away in a drone you're never going to think about. And you're spending, like you said, like up to about £250 on this and you're not getting the quality that you should really be paying for. If you spend £250 on like a like a statue in like a store, like just like a, like a hot toy, something like that, the detail that you get on them compared to the, some of the statues that you get from these special editions yeah. is just ridiculous. That's a good comparison, isn't it? Like, if you are to go and actually buy a dedicated statue. Um, I know the, I think, was it Gentle Giant did The Last of Us ones, The Last of Us Part 2? And, like, when you look at, like, the the faces of the characters, it's usually the face that lets it down. I know it's different when you've got a character with a mask on, 
but then you got the Spider-Man PS4 one. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was still dog shit. Yeah. So <laughs> you can't even like blame it on having like human characteristics. I know the, the Resident Evil 4 one, like Leon's face doesn't look completely accurate, but I just like the statue and I'm very much a fan of the franchise. So I wanted something. But initially, I the story was I um, swore off collector's editions of games after I got the Fallout 4 one, which came with the, the Pip-Boy thing that went on your arm and you could put your phone in it. But just like the build quality of that thing was absolute garbage. I think I paid £150 for it and it came in this like box that was kind of like a fallout inspired thing but the like the build quality of the box was really really good and it was it felt really like um like luxury but the actual pip boy thing that you put on was just garbage and like they spent more money on the box than they did on the actual yeah so then after that i was like you know what this is a lot of money i'm just not really into this sort of thing anymore so i sold that and then the funny thing is like they went on to do the whole thing with the was it Fallout seventy six where it had the like <laughs> the helmet that would kill you or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was the helmet in there, the really cheap bag. The bag. But the, the helmet killed you, but people are more sad about the bag. <laughs> the tool bag. That's true. I think the the helmet had like um, it was just, like fumes. Wanted like the- <laughs> yeah. You put this on, you'll get cancer or something. <laughs> but yeah, people are more upset about this bag. And I think a lot of times it is just like money grabbing and it sucks because it gets fans like me who like their physical sort of like statues and stuff and it just rips us off in a way. Well, it is a shame because like you said, you are like such like a big fan of Resident Evil 4. Obviously, you want to sort of show how big of a fan you are by getting something like it like a statue. But it's so disheartening when you're like really looking forward to a game, you get it delivered, you open it up and it's like just this giant box of disappointment that you spent £250 on. And I remember Arkham Knight was coming out and there was a Batmobile edition, which I was going to order. And then they cancelled it because apparently the, the quality control issues were so bad. I'm like, you know what? It's never stopped. Oh, that like people releasing, like, like you said, obviously like, like some of the quality control issues and some of the stuff is terrible. At least I had like the integrity to cancel that. Like, Where's that Rocksteady now when Suicide Squad's coming out next month? Like, <laughs> oh, Suicide Squad. Oh. <laughs> Let's not get into Suicide Squad, but yeah, I, I get what you mean. It does suck. But actually, I I remember getting, was it Batman Arkham Asylum? The special edition of that. It came with a statue of Batman. He was like holding the Joker. I'm sure I sold that statue to you. That was Arkham Origins. It was Arkham Origins. Oh, sorry. But I can remember getting that for like £50 because it was like on sale. And that statue was pretty cool. That was a really good statue. Like, I had that up for a long time. And I got that, and I bought separately the Arkham Asylum, because it came with, like, a big batarang. And that was just a big hunk of plastic. And it's under my bed right now. Like, <laughs> I haven't even done this display. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's, one, it's space. And two, it's just, it's so expensive. So, so expensive. But yeah, I just, I wanted to get your take on these collector's editions. And would there be a game that could tempt you with a collector's edition? I know... Spider-Man 2, you were kind of thinking about it. Yeah, it was the price that put us off, mm-hmm. actually, with Spider-Man 2. I was stupid enough to pay it. Now I've got a big hunk of Venom up there, <laughs> eight inches of Venom. Well, if if they were to ever make a Superman game and maybe there was some sort of statue with that, I'd be up for it. As long as it wasn't the awful Rocksteady Superman design. Well, we had new 52 panelling, but also he's very bulky. Yeah, he looks like John Cena. 
But then again, if you were to go and pay £250 now for a, a Superman statue, you could probably get one of better quality. That's the thing. If it's... You could look on eBay and probably find one. Yeah. If it's something that doesn't really have a lot of like merchandise, like I'd wish they had have done like a Last of Us Part 1 statue of Ellie and Joel, I would have copped that instantly because there's not a lot of like Last of Us 1 merch, like official merch out there. And I think that kind of plays a part in it. That's why I got the Resident Evil one, to be honest. Like, I guess you can get the Hot Toys, Leon, but it's it's old at this point. Well, it's funny because there's not a lot of Last of Us Part 1, but there's a lot of Last of Us Part 2, mm-hmm. weirdly. And I don't know why. Strange. Are they... Because they've just released the Last of Us Part 2 remastered. Came out today. Is there a special edition of that? Do you know? I think there is. But I don't think there's much to it. I think it's just like a steelbook with some odds and sods. I don't think there's anything crazy. Yeah, fair enough. Like, that, I think that was a missed opportunity by Sony with Last of Us Part 1. But alas, I digress. Um, So let's start just winding things down a little bit, yeah? Because we've been going, like, just near an hour. So what I want to know is what have you been playing recently? Well, since we last spoke on the podcast, I went through and played Alan Wake, because I think Alan Wake 2 had either just come out or was about to come out, and I wanted to play it, so I played Alan Wake. I finally played Control all the way through, which was excellent. After telling you to play it, you playing it and enjoying it, I never completed it. Yeah, I completed it before you, even though you told me to to play it. (laughs) I I finally restarted it, played through all that, and then um, I played through Alan Wake 2, which was a revelation. It was amazing. Um, thoroughly recommended. I've been sort of. I think you started. Yeah, I started Alan Wake One. I, it's on the backlog. I will get to it. Mm, it's honestly, it's incredible. And then more recently, I played through. I think it's for like maybe the fourth or fifth time. I played through The Last of Us, but this time I played the remake in quotation marks. The part one version on yes. PS Five. Okay. It's it's pretty much exactly the same as the original version but obviously it looks really nice and um, they've added in like a few bits from part two that i think sort of nicely add to it like i don't remember originally in the first one could you like dismember people because you can in there you can't yeah part i think one you now. could i think you could it was if you were to throw one of those like nail bombs at somebody and they'd walk over it the legs would fly off oh well now i'm like with a shotgun like blowing dude's arms off cool it's pretty good so i've been playing i played that like honestly like it was and i think this is probably the highest praise you can give a remake it was like playing it again for the first time. I loved it. It honestly is like the the best thing I've played in a while. The, yeah, The Last of Us is such a good game. Yeah, it is. It's incredible. Other than that, I started playing Main360 a little bit, playing through X-Men Origins Wolverine, the Uncaged Edition. I keep telling you to play it. I will play it. It's great. Gets a little bit uh, near the end because I'm sort of in the, the end game of it now. I think I've got like two more missions to do. It does kind of start to get a bit repetitive, but it's such a good game. It's, it's weird because I'm, I'm normally with like the the video games that are based on movies. Normally, if the the movie is like good, then the game's good. Like Spider Man Two, films great, games great. With X Men, like this particular game, the film is dreadful, like really bad. But the game is like just it's so good. It's Chef's Kiss. It's so good. <laughs> and I think that's probably it for what I'm playing. Oh, you, actually, you missed a big one. I missed a really you big missed one. Missed a big one. I haven't played. Fortnite with hey! the boys. Honestly, like I'm loving it. it it's one of those like like I, I think I've always said like online games on like really like my thing. I'm more of like a if I if I play a game, I play on like medium 
Like that's like my that's my perfect spot. Like that's that's where I fall into. So there's the sometimes where like I'll, I'll play, I'll do absolutely dreadfully, and then other times like I remember it was like last week I got like seven kills in like in a match, and I was like, this is this is really good yeah. for me. So what got you into playing Fortnite? Because I've been asking you to play Fortnite for so so long. I was what just made bored you one day, honestly. Like I, I remember I was just sitting bored, and I was like, I really want the Daredevil skin. And I remember I messaged you and I was like, how does the store work? Like, will will the Daredevil skin ever come back? And you were like, oh yeah, like it rotates. So like, it'll come back at some point. Um, and I was like, you know what? Okay. So you jumped on, I think it was the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were in the shop at yes, the time. And I kind of bought them on a whim. <laughs> uh, I didn't return them. So I got the points back. But I I, I was just like, it. it's such like, like I can play as Daredevil. Well, you're playing as like, just like a random character from like. Is that is Xenomorph? I like a Xenomorph, I've got like, Xenomorph skin. Like I think we we did um we've played like a match where we all went as like eighties characters. So, like I was like the Terminator, you were like a Xenomorph, and we, we did like stuff like that. Probably was Michael Myers, I think. Yeah, oh, I love that. I need that Michael Myers it's so bad. <laughs> when he's so, playing the piano with a knife. Oh. Was it the the skins that pulled you into it then, or was it the gameplay? It was more just like it's it's an excuse to talk to like the lads and That's just what Douse was saying. It's a very social exactly game? like when when a. I know, like, obviously, you, you love the dubs, and it is mint when you Come win. Tell tell me that you don't love the dubs. I do like a good dub. <laughs> I love um, this. But it's just nice to just, like, just, just chat about absolute shit. Whilst playing a game. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we were playing, and we managed to sort, like, um like when we're going to, like, obviously, it's your birthday coming up. We managed to plan, like, a night out for your birthday, just playing Fortnite. True. And you can just, like, you can just have, like, a laugh. It's easy to play, isn't it? Like... It's easy to play, tough to master. Yeah, like I think you can turn your brain off to a certain extent while you haven't while you're playing squads, you're just dicking around with your pals. Yeah. And again, it can get really sweaty, but obviously, like your boy's incredible at the game, so you know. Oh yeah, you always come in clutch. And can we just talk about Dave's absolute just massacre that he went on? Oh yeah, so what, my god. We were playing the other night and we I think you went into the storm to get mining crates cards. And you ended up dying to the storm, and then it was just Dave. It was a squads match, and there was like eight people left, I'd say. And Dave just went on absolute spree with the sniper, and it was it was a sight to behold, wasn't it? Oh, it was. Oh, it was. What, it was unbelievable. How do you feel about the sniper in Fortnite? Because this is a very like big point of contention at the minute. It's it's the drop off, the bullet drop. Yeah, like I, I get it's realistic, but the last thing I want in Fortnite is realism. True. Do you think it's overpowered how you can get shot once and die? Yeah, but I feel like it's it's one of those weapons where you kind of have to master it to be able to do that. Like you kind of have to like really sort of try. Like I, I've had the, the sniper before and I, I can get like shots off with it. Like, you know, occasionally. Body shots, yeah. It helps. It's, it's difficult to sort of grasp it 100%. Mm-hmm. And obviously you've had more playtime with it. So obviously you can, you can dome people left, right and center. But oh, I love getting a good dome. Oh yeah. And honestly, like, you're like top like, There's times where like I've been like wiped out, and I'm watching it like on the on the the play afterwards, and you're just absolutely rinsing. <laughs> you you'll get there. You'll get oh, there yeah, one day. Time. Just, yeah, it's it's just it's just play time. I'm glad that you're enjoying it though. It's good to have you like on the bus with the boys, you know. Um. So yeah, what I've been playing, I got Rock Band Four. I think I mentioned that. I got my guitar. Did you listen to last week's episode where I told the story about that little? I next did. Song? So yeah, the guitar got delivered. It was a little bit um, like dirty, so I had to like <laughs> I had to like wipe it and stuff your face. But yeah, I've been like banging to rock band four. I bought a couple of like 
DLC songs. And actually, speaking of that, they've just announced that they're not continuing the I DLC saw that, support. Yeah. Because they're kind of transitioning over to Fortnite Festival. Kept it up for a long time, though. And they also said that Rock Band 4 instruments are going to be supported in Fortnite Festival, which I think is good. Um, But yeah, I've been playing through that on Expert. I beat Pokemon Omega Ruby a couple of days ago um, because I've been doing the whole Pokedex quest of trying to get every Pokemon before they shut the DS servers down. And actually, I bought Sonic Superstars. You did? Yeah. How's that going? Are you enjoying that? It's funny, I'll probably talk about it more like next week when we've got more time, but like it's very much like I feel like the levels are designed to screw you over. Like, do you know how when you think of Sonic, you think of speed? So you could be running, then they'll just put a random object in your way and it just like halts momentum or they'll put an enemy in a weird placement or a drop and it's like, it's really hard to gain momentum and speed, which I think is very much like against what Sonic is known for. Yeah. Um, and I've heard a lot of the bosses are shit, but I've only done about four different acts, so I can't really speak on that. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a a, a go, like try and get to the end of it. Um, we could play it in co-op at some point if you want, because it's got like local co-op mm-hmm. if you fancied it. But yeah, it was funny. I was just like scrolling the internet at like four a.m. because I couldn't get to sleep, and I watched a video on Sonic Superstars, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna see how much it is, and it was thirty pound. I bought it physically, funnily enough. From Amazon, got delivered next day. And yeah, it's it's good from what I've played so far, but it, I do have my issues with it. And yeah, once I've completed it, I'll probably talk a little bit like more about that. But yeah, as far as like topics go, I think that's about it. Um, I know that <laughs> you wanted it after your initial appearance, you wanted to come on and rectify the island question. Yes. Which is what I asked guests at the end of every episode. If you were stuck on a desert island... You could choose three games to bring. What what would those games be, pretty much? Um, obviously, you had your answer last time. I can't remember what you said, but... Well, I remember specifically, I, I, I used two choices to say Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. And then obviously I listened to other episodes. And everyone, in my opinion, cheats and uses... Like collections. Like Master Chief Collection, for exactly. example. That's not cheating. It's a game. It's, it is a game. So there is an Arkham Collection then? There is, yeah. There's Return to Arkham. They're not... It, they look a little funky because they've like they've used like a weird model on Batman's face. It doesn't look right, but the games are like still exact. So I would have to choose Return to Arkham as one choice. Right, so that's one. Then obviously now I would want to choose this last time, but I'm going to choose Fortnite because obviously I want to speak to the boys. Uh-huh. Make sure everyone's the saying our I want to, even though like I could call for help through Fortnite, but you know, nothing <laughs> about that. And third, I I was thinking about. I would want to choose a game that I'd want to like platinum or get like every achievement for. And it was a game that I've played this year that I absolutely loved. I would choose Alan Wake 2. Ooh. I would wa- I, I would want to obviously recomplete the game. I would want to get the new game plus done. Plus quite a lot of stuff I would want to do there. And um, you've got to get like collectibles in order to like upgrade your weapons and stuff. So I didn't get enough of that done, I think, on my first playthrough. So I'd want to get all that done. Alan Wake 2 is my third choice. Good, good choices. Are you are you happy with those after the first time? For now. For now. <laughs> for until now. next time, until you've had some time to think about it. Right, well, that's going to be it from us. Um, If you like the podcast, you can come and follow me on X. It's at Dan J. Durkin. What's your handle? Adam Shields 27, maybe? Adam, Adam Shields 27. 27. You, you, can, you can find it. You type in Adam seven. Shields. Look at my follows. Um, you can follow the podcast at P underscore A underscore P underscore podcast. I know it sucks. It's long-winded, but it's what we've got to work with, okay? um, Yeah, thank you very much for listening. And 
As always, I have been Dan. And I've been Adam. And I will catch you in the next one.